Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is December 6th, 2016. My name is Philip Rosenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at Orlando Magic daily.com and we have a big episode planned for you today as it is the quarter review episode of the Locked On Magic podcast. Your line of magic have passed the quarter pole of the NBA season at 9 and 12 and so we're going to take a step back, think a little bit about what we've seen in the last 21 games and then think about what is to come in the next quarter for the Orlando Magic as they try to make the playoffs and have uh Hit some is some interesting ground. We'll also talk about about a few news items as well as preview uh, tonight's game against the Washington Wizards. But before we get going, let's have a brief word from our pals at SeatGeek. Lots of fun stuff going on in the Orlando area in the coming weeks, including the Orlando Magic coming home uh, for a change. That that'll be nice. They're, they're home Wednesday night against the Boston Celtics, and then Saturday night against the Denver Nuggets. And of course, we're just a week away from Saturday, a week from Saturday away. From the beginning of bowl season in in the Orlando area, three bowl games starting with the Auto Nation Cure Bowl as the UCF Knights, the hometown UCF Knights, take on the Arkansas State Red Wolves. And I can't think of a better way to get into the game than by using SeatGeek. The NBA season, of course, is back, and SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to find tickets for the games you want to see up close and in person this season. There is nothing like being at the game for the biggest plays of the year, and with SeatGeek, it has never been easier to get the seats you want for a great value. SeatGeek has the best deals on every ticket in the house, wherever you want to sit, whether that's courtside, the club seats, the upper level, the O-zone, wherever you want to sit, SeatGeek has the tickets for you. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere, and with just a few taps, I can instantly find seats for this weekend or any game this season, really for any event that you might want to go to. With SeatGeek, you always get the best deal on every ticket because SeatGeek price compares for you by searching multiple ticket sites. Prices can vary depending on where you shop, but SeatGeek will always find you the lowest available price, and SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value. You'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. Plus, every ticket you buy on SeatGeek is backed by their 100% guarantee. Let's say you want to go to Wednesday's game against the Boston Celtics. I've got SeatGeek pulled up on my computer right here. I see a lot of green dots. I see a lot of green dots in the lower bowl. Do you know what that means? That means you can get tickets to the Orlando Magic versus the Boston Celtics for a good price. Lower bowl tickets, in fact, as low as $29 at the time of this recording. Plenty of good seats available there. Let's say you're a UCF Knight fan. You want to go see the UCF Knights take on the Arkansas State Red Wolves. Well, it's probably still a little bit early for that. Um, you could probably still get tickets from uh, from through, through the university, but looks like there's still some great seats available on SeatGeek if that's the route you want to go. Of course, bowl season is big in the Orlando area. And the best part of all 
is my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase if you want to go to any of the games. Let's say you want to go to Louisville LSU, Leonard Fournette's last game in in LSU white and purple. Lamar Jackson probably going to win the Heisman. He's going to be in Orlando New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve morning. They're going to be in Orlando. Might want to go check that out. And I'm sure tickets are going very, very fast and SeatGeek might be the only way to get in. So here's what you have to do to get your $20 rebate on tickets through Locked On Magic. Download the SeatGeek app. Go to the settings tab and click add a promo code. Enter the promo code LOMAGIC. That's LOMAGIC. And SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LOMAGIC today. It's a little bit of a long, long-winded ad to get us going in here because, of course, the Magic are almost back in town and so much going on in Orlando. So definitely a good place to go if you're trying to enjoy the holiday festivities. But the Orlando Magic, rest assured, are going to be hard at work during the holidays. They are at home for much of the holiday break, as they as they usually are, actually. Um, I think there's actually, uh, the, the Cure Bowl participants are actually going to be going to an Orlando Magic game uh, as they're preparing for their game. They usually stay out at Universal, too. Um, they did last year, at least, for the inaugural Cure Bowl game. I'm, I'm a big fan of the AutoNation Cure Bowl. I'll give some free advertising to them. Uh, the AutoNation Cure Bowl, fantastic, fantastic bowl game. Uh, for Last year was the first year they had San Jose State and Georgia State. Not the biggest names in the world, but it was still a fun game. One of the one of the one of the more fun games that, that I went to. I covered it uh, when I was working for Orlando Sports Daily, uh, and uh, had an absolute blast. Uh, it was a great cause. Obviously, they raised uh, more than a million dollars for breast cancer research. So, if you're looking for something fun to do next Saturday, I don't believe the Magic are playing that night. Should probably check that because I, I might be working that night. Um, uh, if you're not, I don't think they are playing. Um, if you have nothing else to do, uh, I would highly suggest going to the AutoNation Cure Bowl. That's 5.30, December 17th at Camping World Stadium if you're in the Orlando area. UCF, of course, is playing hometown team, so always a good time. That'll end that free advertisement for them. Um, I, I just generally su- support them and, and the Orlando community when I can. But the Magic will be hard at work at that point because by then, the trade market will be open. It'll be December past December 15th, almost a week away now when all the contracts that were signed over the summer become eligible to be traded. So that is a big deadline coming up. And yeah, we've already had that big discussion. If you missed it, uh, I believe it was December 1st. So last week, if you go into the archives on Audioboom or iTunes or Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, all those fun places where Locked On Magic is available. Um, If you go back into the archives, you can listen to uh, me diving into a little bit of what the Magic's needs are uh, as the trades market begins to really open. And of course, uh, where, what the Magic might do uh, and, and why the Magic might need a trade at this point. For now, things to seem to have settled down just a little bit. I think the panic has subsided a little bit. The Magic have won three of the four games so far on this road trip. They really should be 4-0. and oh. uh, They're looking a lot better. Their defense has climbed to number three in the league. They're giving themselves chance to win, chances to win, and there's no reason to believe that this is going to subside except for just the general inconsistency of this team. So perhaps panic has subsided a little bit. The urgency to make a deal has subsided as well. But rest assured, it does appear the Magic are planning to be extremely active in the trade market. Josh Robbins of the Orlando Sentinel reporting, quote, the Orlando Magic will sift through the trade market in an effort to add a score, a league source with knowledge of the situation told the Orlando Sentinel. This isn't much of a surprise, as as I think we've said, I think as I think I've said on the show and, and on Twitter and, and throughout the whole a whole kind of struggles that the Magic have had. 
the Magic must be active in the trade deadline. They must be proactive and look to look for ways to improve this team because, yes, there is still a little bit of a fatal flaw with this team. They don't have that go-to score. Their offense is still one of the worst in the league. I, we've been using kind of November 11th as a as a, uh, a change date. That's when the Magic first changed their lineup. Since then, the Magic have the best defense in the league by defensive rating, but their offensive rating since then is still in the bottom 10. And actually, I think it's... Uh, really, the last five games, they're they're 20th in offensive rating. So they've been better, but not quite good enough yet. And I think the Magic know, if they're determined to make the playoffs, that they've got to find a deal. That doesn't mean December 16th, we're going to have a deal in place and the Magic are going to pull the trigger on something. I, I don't think that's going to be the case at all. I, I do believe that the Magic have some tradable assets. Uh, they've got some decisions to make, obviously, on some guys. Uh, Serge Ibaka, Jeff Green, and... Uh, C.J. Wilcox are on, and Jody Meeks are on expiring contracts. C.J. Watson's on a non-guaranteed deal next year, so he's a very movable deal as well, essentially an expiring contract as well. Nikola Vucevic is on a team-friendly deal. If you want to get maybe a little more serious, Aaron Gordon, Mario Hazonia, and Alfred Payton are on rookie contracts. There are attractive trade pieces on this Magic team. The question is, what are they going to get in return? What are they really looking for? Certainly scoring is one of it one of the things that the Magic should be on the lookout for. Now, does that mean bringing in, uh, trying to go for a potential star player who could get on the market? I know a lot of Magic fans have been obsessed with Drew Holiday, Brandon Knight, Danilo Gallinari. Uh, some people have suggested DeMarcus Cousins. I don't think the Magic have the assets for that. Um, but the Magic, I think, will be involved in some of these bigger trade talks. I think they'll also look to maybe just shore up their, their shooting a little bit, find a a small forward who who can maybe create a little bit, like kind of at the same level that Evan Fournier is at, can create a little bit for himself, but is mostly a, a good spot-up shooter that can help spread the floor. So for whoever's attacking, it'll be a, that, just a, that much easier. Jody, We've seen the effect that Jody Meeks has had on the roster in just two games. So I don't think December 15th is a time for panic. It's, it's very clear the Magic plan to be very active, as they should, uh, as they move forward. And, uh, of course, that... Uh, that they're going to continue to look to improve the roster. That's that's generally what they should do. Uh, again, don't expect a deal December 15th. I think if the Magic go through another losing stretch where they look really, really bad like they did, say, a week ago or two weeks ago, maybe the panic level rises up a little bit and they push to make a move sooner rather than later. For now, with so many teams still on the hunt, it is still really early. We're past the quarter pole, as I said, but it's still really, really early in the season. Um, but at, it, we're still really, really early, early in the season, so not everyone's ready to give up on the dreams yet. You, I've seen a few columns, and of course you can listen to Locked On Heat with, with for their thoughts, for Wes Goldberg and David Ramil's thoughts, but uh, I've, seen, I've seen a few thoughts and a few articles out there saying the Heat should tank. I don't think Miami's quite at that stage yet, although it, it appears to be headed that way. You take, let's say, Tuesday's opponent and Washington. They're a team that's had some struggles and hasn't quite been able to get the pieces to fit together perfectly. Maybe they're a team that's looking to to make some make some major moves and trade some some pieces off that that could be good. Or are they going to be looking to buy too? So I don't think the buyers and sellers in the market have quite flesh themselves out yet. I would say the Magic are included in that bunch um, where they're still trying to figure out if they're they're really going to make a playoff run or not now. I think the Magic are in a little bit more pressure to make a playoff run. A- actually, as are the Wizards, I think both will be trying to buy and trying to, to get over the hump a little bit in the trade market, uh, whereas other teams may 
be willing to say, you know what, we're we're done. We can't we can't fight this anymore. We're we're just gonna have to kind of lick our wounds and get going in the other direction. That, of course, brings us to Tuesday's game, the Orlando Magic taking on the Washington Wizards. Like I said, the Wizards are still kind of a mixed bag. We've seen them twice before already, so we kind of know what they're about. You let them get going, especially John Wall get going. They're really dangerous. They'll they'll beat you. They can beat anybody. Uh, they played in Brooklyn on Tuesday night. I caught the second half of that game. The The Nets actually went up on by 15 on them at halftime. But by the end of the third quarter, that lead was gone. The Wizards did a really good job forcing turnovers and pressuring on defense. Got back into the game, won it late, and got out of there with a win that that you have to have against a team like the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, obviously, Brooklyn plays really hard, but the Magic are certainly a much more talented team and a, certainly a much better team. Uh, if Washington plays with the kind of effort that they played last night in the first half, the Magic should have a similar game to what they had against Detroit, to be frank. Um Orlando is certainly capable of winning this game. They've they've already beaten the Wizards. Um, they played tough against the Wizards in the second meeting with Wall in there. Uh, as long as they stay connected defensively, keep Wall kind of slowed down. That's always the key. You've got to slow down John Wall. Uh, ha- if they have a handle on Otto Porter, um, if you know Bradley Beal doesn't choke out Evan Fournier, then I think the Magic are in a good position to have an opportunity to win. This Again, to finish this road trip 4-1 and one would be an outstanding trip. It would be very confidence-inspiring. And of course, they got the game against the Boston Celtics on Wednesday, which we will preview tomorrow. So again, so a, an interesting game should be another tight, contested game. I think the Magic and the Wizards are about the same level in a lot of ways. Uh, so we'll see which Wizards team shows up. I think that's that's the big thing. Wall will be playing. He's not sending out back-to-backs anymore like he was when the Magic beat them earlier in the season. And I think the Magic team are really just a different team than when, than when they saw them the last time. And I know that was a week and a half ago, it seems like, two weeks ago. Um, but the Magic are, are certainly picking picking up some pieces and have, have figured some things out defensively, especially with that rotation. Uh, and so it'll it'll be an interesting test. It'll be an interesting challenge. Uh, certainly, the Wizards have had the Magic's number in the past and still seem to a little bit, uh, so the Magic will have their work cut out for them. Okay, on to the main topic of today's show, and that is the quarter poll review. The Orlando Magic have played 21 games. They're 9-12, and 82-game season, so we have hit, believe it or not, the quarter poll of the season. We are one-fourth of the way through this long marathon that's the NBA season, and when we look at this first quarter of the season, how do we evaluate the way the Magic have played? Because it hasn't been pretty. It's an absolutely unpretty, in fact. I think the purpose of this first quarter of the season was to gain some chemistry, was to try and find an identity. And it took a lot longer than I think a lot of us expected. Certainly, the Magic had some rotation issues to sort out. They had to figure out, they had some experiments they were running, and they needed to make some decisions on where those experiments were going and how to play. And I think the Magic never quite answered all the questions that they had. Sitting at 9 and 12, we've seen some really good things from the Magic. The defense, after a sluggish start in the first two weeks of the season, has emerged as one of the best defenses in the league. Really, the season can be split into halves already, it feels like. The first half, the Magic really didn't know what they were doing. Defensively, they were giving up offensive rebounds. They are getting broken down on the perimeter. They were just getting beat plain and simple and beat bad. People who were calling the Magic the worst team in the league had a point. 
It was hard to argue against them because the Magic at a time were one of the worst teams in the league to start this season. They didn't have those pieces together. Things turned, though. And it did turn with that lineup change to bring Jeff Green into the starting lineup. Say what you want about it, and Jeff Green certainly did not perform up to standards, but it did bring a bit of balance to the team and provided a little bit of a jolt. Unfortunately, a second lineup change was needed to fully fix things and to fully cement this team's identity. The Magic have slowly climbed the defensive ratings since that first lineup change. They got to the top 10. Frank Vogel said we want to be top 5. The Magic sit here at the end of the first quarter, top 5. So if there's one thing the Magic did in this first quarter of the season, regardless of their record, it was they established that identity that they've sought so much. They've become a defensive juggernaut. They figured out a way for their for the roles to fit, for Serge Ibaka to fit. He's awake. He's awoken defensively. He's having his best defensive season. It's at least stagnant from what it was last year when he was not as good as he used to be, but still pretty good. But he's shown flashes and and sustained flashes in the last week or so of that early Oklahoma City Serge Ibaka, plus probably his best offensive output of his career. And that's that's going especially for. This, this past week, really, on this road trip. Nikola Vucevic has, has gotten better defensively. Aaron Gordon's been kind of shown to be one of the best defensive players, one of the better def- perimeter defend- defensive players the Magic have. He's been a really good player on that end, but things haven't quite translated on the offensive end. For as good as the Magic are defensively in establishing that identity, They've been held back by their offense. Their offense has not been good. One of the worst in the league by almost every metric. 29th now in offensive rating, last in effective field goal percentage, one of the worst shooting teams in the league. They're holding teams below 95 points most nights, but unable to hit 90. And that's why they're sitting at 9-12. and 12. That's changed the last two games, of course. This new lineup change has helped the Magic reinvigorate their offense, at least comparatively. They're making shots now, but their offensive rating is still kind of in the tank. The Magic are still a team that's growing after this first quarter. And I think that is a small cause for concern, of course. It, we, I think everyone knew it would take some time for the Magic to come together. But the team still has a lot of work to do. And unfortunately, the way the schedule shaped up, the Magic needed to get that work in early. You can't go back and and take back a three-game homestand that that featured a sub-500 Wizards team, a sub-500 Phoenix Suns team, and a sub-500 Milwaukee Bucks team. You can't get those games back. And it's not that the Magic needed those games. They, they certainly did for confidence sake, especially heading into a road trip that, that everyone was dreading afterward. But the Magic, but those those games are gone. And, and teams are going to beat Phoenix. Teams are going to beat Washington. You know, those, those games are gone now. And you make them up by, say, beating Oklahoma City, beating San Antonio, beating Detroit. You know, but you got to win these games against your equals and your lessers if you want to make the playoffs. And the Magic... You really don't have a lot of bad losses as far as the opponents they're facing, except for maybe that Phoenix loss. 
Um, but they didn't really pick up marquee wins. They didn't really beat the teams they're even with. They didn't beat. They got blown out in Chicago. They got blown out in Detroit. I mean, they obviously got a win over Detroit on Sunday, which was a very big win for that reason. But they had to eke out against Philadelphia a few times uh, once. Um, they, they, they crushed them the second time. So, to me, the Magic missed some opportunity in this first quarter of the season to, to build that, you know, they obviously had to build confidence in chemistry and it was going to take some time, but it's been such an up-and-down season. I mean, I, I write the Power Rankings Roundup for OrlandoMagicDaily.com, and really it's been bad week, good week, bad week, good week. Last week was a good week. They haven't been able to string together two good weeks in a row. And that's perhaps the next step for this team, and perhaps a step that they're trending toward right now. I'm I'm fairly confident that the defense is for real. I, I, I think I jumped on that bandwagon pretty early, uh, and... I'm pretty confident that this team is trending in the right direction as they head into the second quarter of the season and and toward the midpoint at the end of the month. Magic had some big questions to ask, to answer, that that they haven't really begun to answer. They're they're still shuffling around that front court rotation. Serge Ibaka is still figuring some things things out. Uh, The offense is certainly still a struggle. And no one's really emerged as a breakout star on the team. And that's something that the team is still trying to figure out. Obviously, obviously, the Magic still have a ways to go to get where they want to go. And that's that's in the playoff on. As I've said numerous times, or I think I've said this numerous times, but I'll use this analogy anyway. When you talk to about like PGA Tour golf tournaments. They say you can't win the tournament on the first in the first round, but you can lose it. The Magic did not lose the tournament in the first round here. But they didn't have a great first round either. The leaders got out. They're lagging a little bit behind the pack. They're not out of it yet. They still they still have a chance to pick up some some wins and get back into it. Certainly if they're as good as they perhaps think they are, they can get into it. But they got work to do. The first, the first quarter of the season did not go perhaps as well as everyone would like. The confidence is not brimming about this Magic squad yet. Everyone still doesn't know who they are. They're getting better. But they still got a long way to go. And so that leads to what the Magic have to accomplish in the next quarter of the season. To me, the big thing is they have to reinforce what they're good at. Their defense has to continue to be elite defense. I suspect as the schedule gets tougher and the Magic played one of the easiest schedules in the first quarter of the season, which is a big cause for concern, of course, which is sending up some alarm bells that say, hey, being 9-12 and with the schedule the Magic played is not good is not enough. The Magic have a lot of work to do, and I, I think there's some some merit to that, that the Magic did not feast on an easy part of their schedule. And I, and when the schedule came out, I think we all kind of said the Magic got to win their games early. They got to build that they build that base early because it gets tough on the back end. You still got two West Coast trips. I think they take one of those West Coast trips when the Magic are out of the building for the NCAA tournament in March. Uh, they got a road trip when, when the building's taken for WrestleMania, um, they've got, 
you know, they've got some tough games still ahead. They still got Cleveland twice. They still got the Warriors twice. Got the Spurs one more time. They picked off the Spurs, of course. So, you know, maybe that's not as tough as we thought it was. They got the Clippers twice. They'll get the Clippers once in, in the next quarter of the season. Um, so they still they still got work to do. But the big thing for the Magic is to remain consistent defensively. Can they still be the third best defense in the league? Can they still be a top five defense in the next month of the season? Signs point to yes, they can. But of course, things happen. Teams adjust. They figure things out. And the Magic will have to adjust with that. On top of that, I do suspect that perhaps as the schedule stiffens, they'll fall a little bit back to the pack. Um, but I still think they'll be a top 10 defense. So I, I, I'm fairly confident that their defense will remain consistent. But perhaps the bigger question is, can the offense continue its steps forward and just be league average? I don't think, with, with a defense the way the Magic are playing defense, they don't need a top 10 offense. Now, if the Magic were competing for a championship, a top 10 defense and a top 10 offense are almost a requirement. You can't be a great team without it. But to make the playoffs, to simply make the playoffs as the Magic hope to do, you don't need that. Simply to make the playoffs, you probably need a top 10 defense like the Magic have and at least an average offense. And in the last five or six games, the Magic, I think, are 20th in the league in offensive rating, which is suggesting that the Magic are trending a little bit up offensively. They, they figured something out offensively with this new lineup for sure. Nikola Vucevic's offense has begun to round back into form. Uh, Serge Ibaka has has found his his bit, his strength offensively. Aaron Gordon's being used a little bit differently offensively, as I said uh, on the podcast recently. Um, check out the archives for that. Uh, Alfred Payton's feasting on backup point guards. DJ Augustin adds some spacing. Jody Meeks is back, adds another shooter to the lineup. So the Magic have figured some things out offensively. Are they going to be league average? That's the bigger question. And honestly, I think that is the huge question that we'll be watching in the second half of this in the second quarter of the season. Is will the Magic will the Magic's offense be there to support a strong defense? The defense is going to give them opportunities to win just about every game this season. Now there may be a game here or there where the defense slips or teams just shoot really hot and the Magic can't adjust to it. It happens. It's an NBA season. It's a long season. But generally, I think the defense is going to give the Magic a chance to win almost every game. They're going to keep scores in the mid-90s. And any NBA team should have a chance to win those games. Early on in the season, it was frustrating. It was more frustrating, not that teams led by Jonathan Gibson of the Dallas Mavericks, no offense to him, it wasn't that those teams were keeping it close with the Magic. It was that the Magic's offense couldn't figure out how to crack those teams' defense because the defense did its job. The defense has continued to do its job. They just held a team that averaged 118 points on a three-game road trip to 92 points at home. This defense will do its job and give the Magic a chance to win. The question is, can the Magic score 97, 98, 99 points per game to to win? Because that's what it's going to take. That's about all it's going to take. I think the Magic had... Five games scoring 100 in the first 21 games. They're not going to... I don't think this offense is ever going to be elite right now. But they just need to be competent. They just need to be about league average. And if they can do that, 
in the second half in the second quarter of the season, that's going to set things up really well for a stronger push in the second half of the season when it becomes winning time and it's time to make the playoffs. I think the next big step for the Magic is, uh, and this is I think an issue that that we're going to explore a little bit later on is who emerges as the star. This was a question that was left early in the season too. Would Serge Ibaka, with a higher usage rate, become a bigger contributor on offense as well as a dynamo on defense? Can Nikola Vucevic take a step up in his play? Can Evan Fournier take a step up in his play? Could Aaron Gordon take a step up in his play? Now, I think star and all-star can be a little confused. Certainly, I think they're they're tied together a little bit. If, if you're in the playoff hunt, coaches will reward you by saying, oh, they're playing well, we need to give them an all-star. And so I, the question that, that I've asked my staff uh, on Orlando Magic Daily is who would the Orlando Magic's all-star be? Who would be the representative for the team for the all-star game? Evan Fournier is the leading scorer, but he's had some inconsistency problems. I think they're putting the ball in his hands a lot more, uh, and he's orchestrating things a, a lot better for the Magic than I think we, than a lot of us anticipated. Um, he struggled a little bit with turnovers uh, in the first few games, but he's brought that under control. He's not racking up a ton of assists, but he is moving the ball really well, attacking really well, uh, not necessarily shooting really well, but still scoring and contributing in meaningful ways. Serge Ibaka, though, has taken his game to another level in the last few games. Uh, he has looked like an all-star, and, and that's something that I thought he could do with this Magic team. The question, the question is, as it is with so much of this Magic team, is what can they do consistently? What can you count on from night to night to night? That's what creates a star, is being good every night. On your bad nights, you're still good. And so maybe the Magic don't quite have that player. But they do should have one player that they can rely on pretty regularly to put in 18, 19 points. And Fournier's gotten there on a few occasions. Ibaka looks to be getting there in the last few games, uh, but still a long way to go on that on that front. And I think the next big issue uh, is is the schedule. The schedule does toughen up a little bit in the next twenty or so games. But the Magic still have a pretty manageable schedule. There's not, after they come home from this road trip, they're pretty much home for most of December. I think it's really kind of a balanced schedule. There's a like one or two game road trip here or there, but it's mostly home games, mostly uh, manageable home games too against teams that they're going to have a chance to beat or at least are their equal. They do play the Clippers, Raptors, and Rockets uh, in the next 20 or so games, but the rest of the games are going to be against teams they're fighting playoff positioning for. And most of them are at home. So this next 20 or so games, the Magic have really have to bank up those wins. They didn't accomplish that goal in the first 20 or so games. The next 20 games, the Magic do have to bank up some wins. They do have to finish, you know, probably with 12, 13 wins in the next 20. That certainly feels possible. But of course, there's always the dark cloud too, I think. And I think, you know, as I said when I talked about the trade rumors starting up, what happens if this team hits a rough spot again? What does the front office do? Do they do they make a trade in this next quarter? I don't think they will. I think they'll wait for the deadline. I think they'll wait till closer to the deadline again because I don't think any any team has really made a decision on on whether to be buyers or sellers quite yet. Unless they get a kind of mutual deal. 
And I, that being said, I don't think the Magic are ready to sell on Serge Ibaka, for instance. You know, Jeff Green feels a little bit more fungible, a little bit more movable um, because of his big salary that will expire. Uh, so, you know, perhaps they, they he's I think he's a, a prime target to get dealt before the deadline. I, I suspect he will get dealt before the deadline, uh, but still a long way away. But what happens if you hit that rough spot again? Front office gets a little panicky, perhaps, pulls the trigger on something. Perhaps Nikola Vucevic and Alfred Payton start to grumble a little bit that they're still on the bench when the team is struggling. I mean, the team is winning, no one's going to complain. And right now the team's winning, and Vucevic is still getting his numbers. Payton is putting up solid numbers, too, off the bench. No reason for anyone to be unhappy. But lose a few games, people stop getting ha- people stop being happy and start thinking about thinking about other things like when is the when is the change going to occur and so i think you know you have an easy, you still have a manageable schedule so the magic have to bank up some wins if they don't bank up those wins what happens to the dynamic and chemistry on this team it's already been rattled a little bit it was rattled even before we got to the season with the front court logjam what happens to it should something happen should they hit that rough spot does frank vogel make another lineup change the big thing for the next quarter of the season, more than anything, and I've hinted at this already, is consistency. The Magic have to have their identity, which it appears they have, and they have to bring it every single night. And they have to bring it every single night in mostly wins. They have to know what they can rely on and rely on it every night. That's consistency. And the good team, and this is the NBA. I, I, I firmly believe this about the NBA, even with teams like the Nets and the Hornets and the, and the Mavericks. This is the NBA. Everyone has good players. On any given night, those good players can go off and have a big game because it is the NBA. But what separates the good teams from the bad teams, the playoff teams from the lottery teams, is being able to do it every night. The Nets are a perfect example tonight. They go up 15 in the first half against the Washington Wizards. Give it all away in a quarter. The Brooklyn Nets aren't devoid of talent. They've got some good players. They, they If you're not careful, they can beat you because they play hard. But they don't have the talent or the ability quite yet to play at that high level every single night and maybe not even for 48 minutes on most nights. That's the difference between good teams and bad teams. And it's not it's not a knock on the Nets. I'm not trying to trash the Brooklyn Nets. I, I do like their team. I think they play hard. I think they do they do really, really well. They're not an easy they're not a team anyone should look over. But looking at their talent level, they're not a team most teams should lose to either. And that's because of that consistency issue. And I think right now with the Magic, no one really knows who they are. Whether they can be counted on every game. No one's ready to pull the trigger, you know, taking preseason projections and predictions off the table, looking at the team as a whole. Who's ready to say with 75% certainty that this team's going to make the playoffs? If the Magic want to build anything in the next 20 games, in the next quarter of the season... It is to get people to believe this is a playoff team. They brought their defense every single night. You're not going to score 100 points on them. You're going to have to grind for points 
all throughout the game. This is a team that is going to score enough. We're not worried about them breaking 95 points. They're going to do that. And with that, with their defense, that will give them every chance to win games, to win every game against any opponent. Maybe they don't have enough at the end against the Toronto Raptors or against an LA Clippers. Maybe they don't have enough at the end. But they have enough to make it a game. To be a team that you got to worry about, that you got a game plan for, that you know every single night is going to be tough to deal with. If anything, that's the goal for the next 20 games of the Magic season, the second quarter of the 2017 season. I want to thank everyone again for listening to Locked on Magic today. Hope we hope I gave a good temperature of where the Magic are at and where the Magic are going for the next 20 games. Of course, that starts tonight. The second quarter of the season really started Sunday, I think. But we'll, we'll, for all intents and purposes, second quarter of the season starts tonight in Washington against the Washington Wizards. The Magic actually playing their one and only four games in five nights coming up. They'll play Washington tonight, Boston on Wednesday, uh, at Charlotte on Friday, and then... Denver at home on Saturday. Get a few days off to take a deep breath and then back at it uh, for a always jam-packed NBA schedule. There's always another game in the NBA. Just a quick reminder as well, you can subscribe to the podcast on Audioboom, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, and Stitcher, as well as follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnMagic, as well as on Facebook. Like us at LockedOnMagic there as well. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at OmagicDaily. The Orlando Magic Daily mailbag is open. If you want to send me questions and have me answer them on OrlandoMagicDaily.com, go ahead and send me an email at OmagicDaily at gmail.com, or you can tweet them at me at OmagicDaily. Also take uh, pod, I'll also take mailbag questions at LockedOnMagic as well, um, and I'll answer a few select questions on Friday's show in our, uh, what I want to want to be a weekly mini mailbag, but I'll do a mini mailbag on Friday as well to answer some of the more pressing questions um, that Magic fans have. So be sure to submit your questions. I, I love interacting with my audience. If you follow me on Twitter at OmagicDaily, you know that I love interacting with you guys, hearing what you have to say, and, uh, and uh, just talking Magic basketball. That's what we're here to do. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, I will see you all tomorrow with a complete recap of the Orlando Magic's game against the Washington Wizards. This has been Philip Rossman Reich. We will see you all next time. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.